Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. Today is one of those Sundays that, again, goes by many names, kind of like um, that Sunday in the middle of Lent when we wear rose, it goes by Rose Sunday or Mothering Sunday or uh, um, um, Laetare Sunday, there it is. This is another Sunday that has a lot of names, both from the official uh, liturgical books and also some sort of popular names, the most popular of which is probably the most unfortunate, Low Sunday. No one knows exactly why that's one of the names it has, probably because it's in contrast to, you know, last Sunday, Easter. But this is actually the octave of Easter. Um, and because of that, uh, in itself, it's linked very closely to Easter, and it's, it's a very important day. Um, and because it is the octave, the kind of completion of this eight-day cycle of which Easter sets the tone, Easter is the first first and eighth day, and so every Sunday following becomes the first and the eighth day. And so this eighth day of the octave um, is traditionally when the new, newly baptized and newly um, chrismated Christians would have been wearing their, in days of old, their white garments all week long, and today they finally set them aside. So it was also called, called uh, Dominicus in Albis, or White Sunday. Um, but there's another name that I like the best and that is Quasimodo Sunday. Now that comes from the first words in Latin for the introit of today, and that introit is, uh, it comes from 1 Peter chapter 2, when Peter says, uh, be like newborn infants, essentially. So in Latin, Quasimodo, like as in the way of infants, desire pure spiritual milk, that you uh, may grow up by it into salvation, for you have tasted the kindness of the Lord, the goodness of the Lord. And so uh, the introit today uh, links us to this passage from 1 Peter chapter 2. And I want to look at that because I think it sets an incredibly uh, important tone for this day. If you ever want to know what the tone for a day is supposed to be like, pay attention to the propers, especially the introit. It really uh, clues you in as to what the, the day is supposed to be telling you. And so in this second chapter of 1 Peter, he's instructing uh, St. Peter, he is instructing his flock to be like newborn babies who have almost a singular desire for one thing, milk, their mother's milk, pure milk, to be fed and to bond uh, with their life-giving mother and he says to his flock, this is what you should be like in your uh, spiritual desires. You should be like babies desiring the pure goodness of your mother, the church. And he goes on to say that this is a salvation that you now have in Christ. We can almost assume that he's, he's speaking to um, a congregation full of newish Christians, newly converted, just beginning their life in Christ. And he says that this Christ is the foundation. It was rejected by those who thought they knew what they were doing, but lo and behold, turns out that this foundation, who is Christ, is now the, the chief cornerstone. He is that foundation upon which everything else is built. And we, new Christians, are like living stones who are being piled on top of one another in order to build this church of Christ, who is our foundation. 
And so from this passage, we're learning about the foundations of things, both the foundation of the church as Christ is the chief cornerstone and the foundation of the spiritual life, which is to, to imbibe pure, rational milk. It's the word he uses is uh, based on the word logos, which means uh, word. And so sometimes, like in our intro, it's translated as milk of the word, which is a strange thing to say. In other translations, we get spiritual milk. But I think that the best translation is probably rational milk or this milk that is uh, that connects us to the logos, to Christ, who is our uh, very reason for being. He's the reason the cosmos exists. He is the structure of all of creation. It is built within him. And so even at the foundations of creation itself, we have Christ. Because the Logos, as St. John tells us in his gospel, was there at the beginning with God and was God. And all things were made through him and by him. And so Christ, over and over, we discover, is the foundation of everything. And so today... Why, why today? Why on the octave of Easter are we talking about the foundations of things? Because, uh, again, this is uh, sort of the emphasis is on those who have newly come into the church, and they need to learn and grow and become the Christians that they uh, ought to grow up into, but they have to have their foundations laid. And so this day, liturgically, is almost addressed to them, to those new Christians, but because of that, and we all need reminders, we can benefit from that as well. The foundations of our faith, if we don't return to them frequently, will uh, evade us. And we will slip if we don't stand on something strong. And we can lose our faith. I've seen it happen to a lot of people. Um, they don't continuously refresh with that pure, rational, foundational milk. They don't continuously go back and plant their feet solidly on the foundations of their faith. And so today affords us an opportunity to do that. In the gospel passage, St. Thomas <laughs> missed out on seeing Jesus that first evening of the resurrection. And all of the rest of the disciples for a whole week are uh, imbibing <laughs> that good news of the resurrection, and yet poor St. Thomas misses it. And so he does something that he gets a lot of flack for in his nickname, Doubting Thomas, but I don't think we should give him any flack for this at all because he was asking for one very reasonable thing, to have the same experience that everyone else did. What's wrong with that? Why can't I see what you saw? And if I can't see it, then, you know, given this sort of thing has never happened in the history of the world, pretty reasonable to not uh, to not believe it. And then a week later, on the octave of the resurrection, Jesus appears again to the disciples, and this time to Thomas as well. And St. Thomas affirmed, now confirmed in this new faith, cries out for the first time from the lips of any of the disciples, my Lord and my God. The foundation of the Christian faith is established on the octave of Easter, Christ is resurrected, and Christ is God. This is where we begin everything. We heard in the epistle from St. John that there are three witnesses in heaven. The Lord Jesus Christ, his Father, God, and the Holy Spirit. So this Trinitarian faith is even um, 
presented and put before us today. And we will come through the season of Easter to Pentecost and uh, uh, to Ascension and then to Pentecost. And at Pentecost, the descent of the Holy Spirit confirms in sort of the life of, of our world, uh, in history, the whole Trinitarian truth. But even today, as we are putting our foundational faith in Jesus Christ, we learn that he is, again, the foundation of our faith in the whole Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But we don't get to that faith unless we rest in Christ, unless we build on Christ. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the most important thing uh, to our faith. St. Paul has said it, and countless Christians throughout the ages have echoed this. If Christ isn't risen, then our faith is in vain. Nothing matters. If Christ is not risen and thus proved to be God, then we're, what are we doing here? We shouldn't be here. We shouldn't be wasting our time. You know, we, I mean, there, you know, go eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. <laughs> but as Father Ben said, our faith instead is eat and drink Christ, for today we live in him. Because he lives, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is our foundation. Because of this, we have, uh, we've had to face challenges to the reality of the resurrection all throughout history. From the very beginning, there were so many who didn't believe it. And for 2,000 years now, You've had some people who don't believe it and some people who do believe it, some people who are convinced by it. And those who are convinced, like us, realize that once we accept this reality, all of the world, all of creation and all of life slides into a more reasonable story. <laughs> the story of our faith holds the whole cosmos together. And without faith in this story, without the foundational belief in Jesus' resurrection, the world just doesn't make sense. Uh, I mean, existentialism starts to, to, you know, creep up and tell us a story that just doesn't, nothing makes sense. We're born, we live, we die, and that's it. And, and there's just this pointlessness and purposelessness to everything. But if Christ is risen, it means that God has entered this world as a human, lived our life, redeemed humanity, even redeemed death itself, human death itself, by entering into it willingly and defeating it by coming out the other side. And now, what does that mean for our life? It means that nothing is in vain at this point. It means that everything we do has consequences and echoes through eternity. It means that all of our life is a participation in the life of God as a human. Today, the foundations of our faith should excite us afresh and anew because this is what everything is about. Christ is risen. He is risen truly, indeed, for realsies. This is the biggest news, the most important news, and the best news that any of us have ever heard. The foundations of our faith were attained by St. Thomas today when he realized, my Lord and my God. So, as we imbibe that pure, rational, 
reasonable food um, spiritually, as we hear this message and let it sink into our souls, we also prepare ourselves to imbibe through eating sacramentally the crucified and resurrected Christ in the Eucharist today, sealing that faith within us and transforming us, hopefully, more and more into the likeness of our God who is risen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.